Good morning, New Hope. Happy spring. It's such a wonder. I love the spring, and not just because my birthday is in the spring, but mostly because of resurrection and the weather and just so many wonderful things that happen. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father in heaven, we just want to start by talking to you, God. We give you this morning, and we thank you that we get to all be here. We thank you for our members. We thank you for the visitors. We thank you for those that are here and those that are watching online. Your spirit is so powerful, and it can do mighty things in any place. And we thank you that you give us this family that you give us each other to lean on and to help and to build your kingdom through our works here and in the community and our, our time in scripture with you together. And we just, we ask that you humble us and that you calm our mind so that we can fully focus on your will this morning, your spirit in your time of worship, and we love you so much, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. If you are visiting, welcome to New Hope. We're so thankful that you're here. If you're online visiting, please, either way, um, text WELCOME to 704-459-5575. We have a few announcements, and I just feel like with the warm weather, there's just so much. COVID, you know, is and here we are, and everything's opening back up, and I'm excited to announce a few things happening. We have the Senior Adult Banquet, the Masquerade Banquet, um, is on April 3rd, and if you could sign up by the office by March 27th, that would be a great time that they have planned for you. Um, ministry Nights, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there are papers back there and out here in the front that if you're on a committee, your committee is going to meet either tonight, today, or next week. So please get that paper before you leave so you know when you're meeting and where you're meeting. Um, another announcement is Easter and Earl. I'm sure you've seen the signs popping up around that say easterandearl.com. I hope you've been able to look at that website. Um, and today we're going to talk a little bit about that. That is a celebration of resurrection and this special time coming up. And it starts on Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday is the kickoff for Easter and Earl, and we will have a church-wide event and a community event out at the ball field. Um, it will be you know, inflatables, a huge Easter egg hunt, food, treats, and um, we're going to reach out in different ways that you'll hear in the upcoming weeks for people in the community. So please um, contact me or Pastor Russ if you're interested in, in helping with that, and we will contact you too, so don't worry. Um, and the last thing that I was going to mention, I just forgot. Oh, tonight, yes, is the ministry nights. She, we just spoke, thankfully. So um, it will not be regular service, but please come to the ministry times that you have. But we will still be having kids night in the gym. So kids, please come to the gym for our time of worship together. Um, and it's getting that time for Vacation Bible School. So if you're ready to um, go ahead and put your name down for some places that I need help with. There are pages out here, and I have specifically what I need. And um, so if you would like to look at that and put your name down for me, that would be great. We're already praying and planning for that upcoming in June. Thank you. Thank you. 
Amen. Bless the Lord today. Amen. Praise, praise God. You've heard the, uh, the, the story, you've heard the testimony that, that Mo just read, uh, Elijah's testimony, his story about how God worked in, in his life, how God revealed himself in his life. Amen. Let me ask you this, what about yours? How, how has God revealed himself to you? How is he working in your life today? We, we find the story of Elijah recorded in history here, but my friend, somebody that you share your testimony with will be recorded in their hearts as well. Amen, Let me ask you today, have you done it? Are you prepared to do it? Are you ready to do it? Don't be afraid, yes, sir. as, the, as the, the song said. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to, to share your faith. Don't be afraid to, to reach out and, and, and share your testimony with other people. The topics we've studied in, over the last almost year now through this series 316 has prepared us uh, for today's message, and that is, what is your defense? And it comes out of 1 Peter chapter 3, if you will, turn in your Bibles there. <clears throat> 1 Peter chapter 3, what is your defense? We have to ask a question, and we've asked this question over the, last, the period of the last year or so. Is the Bible true? Is it trustworthy? We talked about sin and the God of creation, the fulfilled prophecies, God's love, salvation through Jesus, forgiveness, heaven and hell, and, and, and many more topics over the last year. But these have laid the groundwork for, for us to be able to defend our faith in today's world and the society in which we live today. The world in which we live today has dramatically changed over the last 50 years or so and certainly in the last decade. For the, I, I made the comment Wednesday night. I said, you know, today's world is not our grandparents' world. It's a whole lot different. It is a whole different ballgame today. The church used to be a... Uh, the, the social hub of the community. It was uh, the place you got the news. It was a place of, of safety and truth, a place of, of respect, and it was revered. Not so much anymore. The Christian faith is the foundation of our republic. But yet we've seen the, the war against God and, and Jesus and Christianity intensify dramatically over the, last, over the recent years. Take, for instance, in, in 2019, there were 9,000 church attacks or attacks on Christians in over 51 countries. That was a spike of 1,000% over 2018. Several years ago, the IRS began targeting conservative people and conservative organizations. There was a coach that was fired because... He had prayer on the ball field after the game. There have been other limitations put on, on Christians and how Christians could express or, or hold their beliefs in regard to prayer and marriage, abortion, Christmas and Easter. we got Easter coming up. And then we've certainly seen uh, attacks on the church ramp up in the last couple of years over over COVID, whatever you, whether you agree or disagree with the government mandates, there were 
there were cases where churches were scrutinized and, and penalized more harshly than some other businesses and other organizations. And under the U.S. Constitution, it says that the government cannot hinder worship, a church's worship. Yet in, in some states, the, the states put guidelines that, that specifically applied to churches and not other organizations. There was a, a ban on singing and chanting in worship. We understand the point. We, we get that. But the same guidelines didn't apply to other groups like camps and schools and protests and malls and entertainment productions. Singing was banned even when you had masking and social distancing. Some states said that churches were not essential, yet they allowed liquor stores to be deemed as essential and remain open. There were occupancy limits that were applied to churches, but not other organizations. <clears throat> so Christians remain as one of the most persecuted groups in the world. And persecution can come in, in a lot of different ways, a lot of different forms, but it's defined as any hostility toward a follower of Christ. Any hostility toward the follower of Christ. Now, if you look at the way we're persecuted in the United States, it looks like a cakewalk compared to other countries, where, where other countries and other areas of the world, uh, there's the continued risk of imprisonment, uh, loss of home or assets, torture, rape, and even, even uh, death because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And so let me ask you this question this morning. If those possibilities were brought to our doorstep, understanding these possibilities, are we still willing to be called a Christian? When we're faced with the reality of the loss of our jobs, our home, our assets, when we're at the possibility of losing our life or being raped or tortured, are we still going to hold on to our Christian faith? And that is something that everyone individually has to decide in their hearts. But if you decide to say, yes, I'm all in for Christ, why? Why is that? What does your faith mean to you? Can you tell me why? Can you tell me why you put your hope in Jesus Christ? In, in essence, can you defend your faith? We think about defending our faith in today's world and, and, and defending our faith today is as great an essential or a necessity as it was in the early New Testament church. Biblical truth has always been under attack and always will be under attack. Therefore, we need to be prepared to defend what we believe and why we believe it because those truths are going to be constantly challenged and attacked in our world. 
You see, when we don't know what we believe and why we believe it, we can fall to the warnings in Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, which says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of what? Of this world, not of Christ. And so that brings us to our text today in in 1 Peter chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 13 through 17. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. And it says, Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? Now you don't find too many people that get, get harmed or persecuted for doing good, do you? Unless you're a Christian. But even, it says in verse 14, but even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. You're blessed for doing what is right. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. It is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Now defending our faith is is what is called apologetics, and that's not to be confused with apologizing for our faith. Oh no, we're, we're not going to apologize for our faith at all, but the word apologetics means to, to have an intellectual defense of the truthfulness of Christianity. An intellectual defense of the truthfulness of Christianity. And we've got to remember that, that God commands us that, uh, to be apologists. He calls us to... We've got to remember, though, that there's nothing we can do to save people. Amen? What are we called to do? We're called to share the gospel. All salvation is up to Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives. We come and plant the seed and the Lord waters it and grows it until there's a harvest. But God promises to, to use us to accomplish His eternal purposes. And God calls us to not only to to present the faith, but be ready to persuade other people into the faith. In in essence, defend our faith. Why do we believe what we believe? And so I'm asking everybody this morning, can you do that? If, 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 If I were to say, all right, partner up with the person next to you and defend your faith with each other, what do you have your why do you have your hope in Christ? Could you do that as a believer in Christ? You see, Jude chapter 3, I'm sorry, Jude verse 3 says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for or to argue for or to fight for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. 
And so we're told to be ready to make an argument for what we believe in. To stand up proudly and boldly defending the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around us. Again, no one is is able to to come to the Lord until uh, the Holy Spirit works in their heart. They know that God loves them. They know God will receive them when they put their faith in Christ Jesus. Then they will come to Christ. But don't forget, people don't need to take our words for it. They need to take the word of Christ. And to believe what God says. And when He promises that He'll forgive them of their sinfulness, of our sinfulness, of everybody's sinfulness that will come to Him and seek that forgiveness and turn to repentance, He will forgive us. But what they need to see is what Jesus is doing in our life. How is He working? How are we working out our faith in our life? Do other people see us living for Christ day in and day out? Do we have the heart of Christ? Do we have the attitude of Christ? Do we have the motivation of Christ? You see, when we know what we believe and why we believe it, it gives us the courage and the confidence to recognize right from wrong, good from evil, and, and to do what pleases the Lord. In 2 Tim, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, which one of the verses we studied several weeks ago, it says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. And so we go to God's Word. We use God's Word to teach us and to convict us and direct us and guide us in the way we should live. And and so Jesus gives us the main reason why we should defend our faith in in John chapter 6 when He's declaring to us that, that He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father. No one goes to heaven except through the Lord Jesus Christ. But how can we adequately defend the faith, defend the truth, if we don't know it? If we're not in His Word, if we don't know His Word? Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, For everything that is written in the past was written to teach us. Everything in God's Word was written to teach us. Everything in life, every circumstance in life can be addressed by God's Word. Amen? And and that we can have trust and confidence that when we face the circumstances in our life, we can go to God's Word for guidance. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So I ask you again, can you tell me why you place your hope in Christ? Can you tell me why you place your hope in, in Christ? There are a number of, of, of theological questions that are going to come up and, and, and that may come up when you're sharing your testimony with people. Well, what makes you a sinner? 
Why do you need a Savior? How are you saved? And, and what scripture supports that belief? Do only those who believe in Jesus go to heaven? Is the Bible true? Is it trustworthy? Why? Why do, you, why do you say that? How can you say that? Did the resurrection really happen? Is Jesus God? Are all religions and all gods the same? Is heaven real? Is, is hell real? How do you know? How do you know that salvation comes through, through Christ alone? These are, these are some things that we need to answer for ourselves. Can you tell me why you place your hope in Christ? You see, those are all just some, some good questions to be able to answer, but what most people want to hear is how Christ has changed your life. How Christ has changed my life. What difference has it made in my life? Is Jesus real in your life? That's what they want to know. They want to know how Christ has changed your life. What difference He's made in your life. And so Peter is saying here, be ready. Be ready to tell them when asked. But the tragedy is, many Christians today aren't ready. They aren't prepared to give a defense. And so I'm asking you again, are we ready? Are we able? We all know someone <clears throat> that's outside of Christ. But before we can share the gospel with them, we've got to be completely convinced and convicted that our life is much better with Christ than it was without Christ and that their life is going to be a lot better with Christ than without Christ. Do we have that conviction in our hearts? You see, Peter is telling us to, to and encouraging us to, to being zealous about doing the right thing as followers of Christ. And yes, even doing the right things, even following Christ's teachings certainly might bring persecution. God's Word tells us to be ready that, that the world hated Him and because we love Him and, and we follow Him, we too shall be persecuted. But it also says we will be blessed. We will be blessed. He tells us in, Peter tells us in the Word to, to set Christ apart. To set Him, to make a specific place for Him. In other words, Make Christ the, the king of your heart. And when he is, to be ready to, to explain why. And when he is, others will see that Jesus is real to you. Let me ask you this. Though you're a believer and, and Christ lives in your heart, is he the king of your heart? Is He the King of your heart? Is He the, on the throne of your heart? Does Jesus have a prominent place in your life? Is, is He in first place, last place, or somewhere in between there? But does He occupy the throne of our heart? Let's ask ourselves this morning, what is it in our life 
What is it in our life that's fighting for that place that Christ needs to be? What is it in our life that maybe is in first place in our heart right now? Maybe there is something that's on the throne of our heart right now instead of Christ. We need to identify that. We need to knock Him off the throne and put Christ there. Amen? Because we need to know that, that He is reigned supreme in our life. And so what needs to be done to remove that from our heart and to put Christ on the throne? What is it? And then what is your defense? Are we ready to be bold in our defense for God's word and, and for our testimony? Standing boldly with Christ will bring persecution, but standing boldly with Christ also brings peace and, and blessings. But being ready is to be in a place where God can use us. Where we're ready at a moment's notice for, for God to use us. And, and so we ask this morning, are we in that place today? Have you removed those spiritual obstacles in your life that are keeping you from, from being what Christ wants you to be, from allowing Christ to be on the throne of your, of your, of your heart? Does God know that, that you will take that step of faith with Him when He calls on you to step with Him? Are we ready to step out on faith when God calls us? Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is without Him. Where would we be? If you're a believer today, where would you be without Christ? I can tell you this much, without Christ... If you don't have Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have no hope. You have no future in, in, with, with the hope of the glories of heaven. You have a future of damnation. You have a future of separation from God forever and ever and ever. For God's Word, the promises of God's Word says that, that God sent His one and only Son, that He lived the perfect life He was also tortured. He was hung on a cross. He shed His blood for the forgiveness of our sin. And they put Him in a tomb, but praise God, God raised Him to life. And because Jesus was resurrected from the dead, and we put our hope and faith and trust in Him, Amen. we have that hope of a resurrected life too, yes, to spend eternity with Him. Do you have that assurance today? Where would you be without Him? And are we willing and ready to boldly proclaim the name of Jesus to a terribly dark, evil, and lost world? Can we defend our faith when challenged? When questioned about our faith, can we answer? Do we know where to go? Do we know where to turn? What is your defense? And what is it on your heart 
that we need to get rid of so that Christ can take his rightful place. Whatever that is in your life, I pray for conviction and confession, for repentance and God's work in your life so that we can become the people, the church that God wants us to be. Join me in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for the truthfulness of your word. The truthfulness and the promises that we can stand on when we are asked about our faith. When we can describe why we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Your word gives us the answer. And Father, today we know that without you we'd be empty and lost. But with you, God, we have the hope of a future. We have the hope of a resurrected eternal life. And Father, we have the, the, the hope of, of peace and blessings in this life until that day comes. Father, give us what we need to defend our faith. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Thank you.